Okay, today on Background Check. We've really moved from patting ourselves on the back to saying, oh, we got, you know, we helped someone get a certificate right. to, we need to measure our success on whether or not someone is employed, gainfully employed gotcha. after they leave us. Yeah. The Wyndham School District was established by Texas legislature in 1969. So they just recently celebrated 50 years. Today, we talk with their new superintendent, Christina Hartman, and my good friend, Travis Henderson, who's been involved with them for 27 years. Come on, let's do a background check. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum. And this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, J. Dan Gum, and I'm also the founder of Forgiven Felons, which this podcast is also brought to you by. At Forgiven Felons, we help people with the past realize their future. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can check us out on the web at ForgivenFelons.org. From there, you can do lots of things. You can check out our appearance on The Huckabee Show. You can find out how to watch our documentary on Roku TV and Tubi TV. You can listen to past episodes of Background Check. But most importantly, you can go to the house page if you have a loved one or family friend or, or, or just friend who is in prison and needs a transitional house to parole to. We have a great uh, setup here where we are in North Dallas. We love to minister to these guys that have no place to go, help them get back on their feet and reintegrate into society successfully. We help them find jobs. We give them practical and spiritual advice and counseling. We help them navigate computers, financial literacy, all kinds of stuff. So if you need help in that area, go to ForgivenFelons.org. And check us out. But on the show today, we have two very special guests. I've known one for a while and one I just got to meet back in June. So it's my friends Travis Henderson and Christina Hartman from Wyndham School District. If you don't know where that district is, it's because it's a dedicated school district for Texas prisons. The Texas legislature. Uh, opened it, established it in 1969. They just celebrated 50 years. So Christina Hartman, she uh, she graduated from Baylor University with an English major and minored in political science. She went on to get her master's in special education. Her career started as an intern at the adult probation office in Waco, and she soon found herself in Florida, fulfilling several roles in the Florida Department of Corrections, including family literacy coordinator and special education program specialist. While in Florida Corrections, she uh, was promoted to principal where she was honored twice for Team of the Year awards in 2015 and 2017. Eventually, she was promoted to Chief of Programs for, for uh, Florida Corrections, and she was responsible for directing statewide activities related to academic, career and technical, law and general library services, substance abuse prevention and treatment, and chaplaincy programs. Man, she did a lot while she was in Florida. 
2018, she came back to Texas prisons, worked for Wyndham School District, and in 2019, she was unanimously voted superintendent by the board. I was excited to hear about some of the programs that she's implementing, and as well as hearing from Travis Henderson, who's been with the district for 27 years. We get to hear from him about how the district has changed over the years. So now disclaimer, we did this interview in June, so some of the programs that Christina and Travis talk about have already started. So I'll update all that in the final thoughts at the end of the interview. So stick around. But here we go with Christina Hartman and Travis Henderson from Wyndham School District. All right, Travis and Christina, welcome to Background Check Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is this is truly an honor for me to be here. I'm 14 years out of prison now. I didn't get the chance of uh, experiencing Wyndham School District, but I did take a class at another unit, which was a private unit, just to know how important uh, classes and schooling and education is within the prison system. It, it means a lot to me because I didn't know how to type. My first test I took in the class, the computer class, I typed 13 words a minute. By the time I got out, which was four months later, and I made parole, I didn't get to finish the class. By the time I got out, I, I was typing 55 words a minute. Wow. So, and, and I'm glad I learned because now I type a monthly newsletter, I'm writing a book, so many things that require me to type that I was so glad. So, Wyndham School District, who are you, how long you've been in existence, and we'll get into everything you have to offer, you know, later, but just tell us, tell us a little bit about the history of Wyndham School District. Sure. So, I'll start and then let uh, Travis have... Uh, communicate as well. First of all, what, are, what is your position here? So my name is Christina Hartman. I'm the superintendent of the Wyndham School District, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Yes. It's really our pleasure to be a part of this podcast. Uh, the Wyndham School District is pretty unique. It's one of the few states that has a dedicated school district to serve the incarcerated population. We have been in existence since 1969, and we're wow. authorized by the Texas legislature as a school district. Wow. Um, we provide academic, life skills, and career and technical education for our students. And our uh, 50th anniversary was last year, so wow. uh, 1969 to 2019. Now, obviously, you haven't been in charge all 50 years. Because uh, you're, you're, you're not that old. So how long have you been in this position? I've been in this position since September of 2019 and with the district for about eight months before that. All right. Uh, previously in another state in a similar role. In another state in a similar role. So you know that not every state has this kind of... Uh school district associated with the prison, right? Right, and part of, the, part of the draw for coming back to Texas was this is such a unique model and so impressive, and uh, we're just really excited about continuing to serve our students and improving. Wow. All right, so wow, that long. All right, Travis, what do you have to say? Well, I think one of the things that makes us unique, too, in the United States is all of our teachers are certified, okay. and so all of our teachers are certified through State Board of Education, just like you know any public school teacher. Uh, so it's the same teachers that you know, would be teaching in a public school. Sometimes wow. they come to us. Sometimes they leave us to go back to public school. But, you know, it's the same quality. So yeah. we have good quality instruction, good That's quality awesome. materials to teach. Okay. All right. So they're all certified. Uh, so is it just, I mean, what is it, just GED? Is it, uh, I heard you say technical. So some vocational trade schools. Um, what about just regular GED, college, all that? 
Right. So we've got high school equivalency via the GED test, and we're standing up a standard high school diploma program to serve our younger students that are lacking just a few credits. Okay. Uh, that will start in September. Uh, our life skills courses are cognitive behavioral courses that address criminal thinking behaviors right. and uh, you know increase communication techniques, things of that nature. And our career and technical education programs are those trade skills and those uh, things that prepare you for occupation. So we've really moved from patting ourselves on the back to saying, oh, we got, you know, we helped someone get a certificate to, we need to measure our success on whether or not someone is employed, gainfully employed after they leave us. Yeah. One of the, uh, I don't, I don't know what word to use, but one of the things you hear a lot, I've been out 14 years, uh, didn't get the opportunity to take any Wyndham School District classes because of my short uh, amount of time. Some of the things I've heard from other people that have taken classes is that, and this was guys that did time back then, so it may be different now, but nonetheless, all they have to share is what they learned back then, is that some of the classes that involved computer software, like some of the uh, CAD, some of the different things, uh, involved learning software that by the time you got out was like seven or eight years out of date. And I understand, I mean, even out here, you know, I mean, I use a computer that is that has software on it that's out here that's four years out of date. You know, I still love Windows 7. You know, and that's even longer than four years out of date. So, so what do y'all do now? What do y'all offer now? And is there a lesser gap between what is taught in here and what is, what is done out here? Because, I mean, I understand technology. It's hard to keep up with them. I get it. Right. Um, and I would think it's even harder inside a prison system to keep up with technology. So how do you do that? Uh, did it used to be that way? What do you do now? And sure. how do you keep up? Well, I certainly can't speak to the past for the Wyndham School District, right. but I know that that is a unique challenge experience in many correctional um systems throughout the United States. So what we have to do is make sure we select courses that are meaningful and relevant. So we can't stand up a computer-based class just to have a computer-based class. If we do not have the technology appropriate to prepare our residents and our students to utilize those skills upon release, that is not going to be a course that we offer. that's good. So we do have some uh, information technology career cluster courses. Um, There are programs now that simulate online access. So even if it's not actual online, online access, it's simulating that enough so to where so they can step into an actual uh, field of employment in that area. And we're making some progress with technology in Texas. The TDCJ has done a great job of standing up the Strive Reentry Program at the Mountain View Unit okay. for ladies who are within 12 weeks of release, and that is an online course. So right. these ladies are actually so um, taking courses and they're completing exams via Zoom. Uh, they're doing things fully online. They're communicating with potential wow. employers because they're in that release window. So we're going to keep looking at ways that, that is the Strive program. It's okay. a reentry program. That's awesome. We're going to keep looking at ways where we can enhance technology safely within the correctional environment. But certainly we will not be offering courses where we're teaching outdated content to our students. Good. And you know, way back then, it, it just may have been the only thing that they had to offer. You know, yes. uh, you may, the, the prison system may not have had. In, in other words, uh, I like the phrase, done is better than perfect. Getting something taught is better than having nothing taught, you know, at all. Now, is there any plans to expand that program at more women's unit or even the men? Or So uh, that is a collaborative effort with TDCJ, and I certainly have heard conversations about potential expansion. I believe that we would all agree that we'd love to have it everywhere if we could, but, you know, there is always cost and infrastructure associated with it. We have budgeted next year for an additional program. Is that fully paid for by TDCJ, or is any any outside 
resources helping fund that? It's funded by Wyndham and TDCJ. Okay. Do you have a list, Travis, of, of vocational or technical? We do have a list. I don't have it you memorized, don't have it memorized. however. Um, what are some of the most popular ones? Well, I think uh, some of our most popular ones are in the construction area. So we have construction carpentry, electrical, welding. Um, you know, and you and I talked about the other day when you were here, you know, everybody still wanted, still wants truck driving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. still wants truck driving. Of course we, you're limited in truck driving on who can go and the amount of space we have, but we we really try to push hard. And one of the things we've done here in the last several years, I think this worked really well is is with our vocational courses, the, the front end of it. So making sure they have a good introduction to it, getting the, the core, getting the, the OSHA certification, uh, you know, things like that that lead into that. That, right. that work for any of those construction area trades. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, and, as far as the OSHA uh, training on the machines, is it just limited to forklift, or do you all have other other machines like cherry pickers? and, and We just – right now we're just doing the OSHA 10, uh, OSHA 10-hour safety course that they get when they complete So the there's course. actually no machine training? There's not any right now, right now. that – well, we have some at – we have a, actually here in the administration yeah. building, we were talking with our warehouse manager a couple months ago, and we have residents and incarcerated individuals that work in our warehouse. So we have now uh, purchased the option for certification for them and forklift oh, awesome. operators. So awesome. we said, let's try it out here and then expand. That's great. You know, that alone, coming out with that particular, some guys get out, they don't want to own their own business. They don't want to work anywhere but a, a warehouse. And if they have the, the certification on the machines, they can make anywhere from two to four dollars more an hour, depending on where you go. Just if you came out with that certification. Now I have a uh, uh, our ministry forgiven felons is a, is a approved alternate housing list on for, uh, for TDCJ, and so we get guys coming out, and we have one of our house managers, Shannon. I think you've met Shannon, right. uh, Travis, and uh, he came out with an HVA certification. He couldn't find a job at, at the beginning. He worked at a warehouse. We're doing carpets or rugs. But eventually, I connected him to uh, a, a place, and now he he's in full-time HVAC. And his certification in here helped him so much out here, so or in prison, helped him out there to be successful. And now he's, he's I think, uh, making quite a bit of money. That is so, awesome. So it, that we have we have our own personal story. We've had some welders come out uh, that that are doing welding jobs now, and uh, so so I know I know what you're doing is working. And uh, but again, you know, you hear some some information that that is going around that that uh, that it's not. You know, I think I think there somebody in the audience uh, said something about outdated courses and stuff. So I know I just wanted this being uh, called background check, and it's all about background. Period. Criminal background, all kinds of background, rising above the background. But any anybody and everybody that has to do with people that have a background, and that would include you guys. Okay, college courses. So college courses are administered through the Rehabilitative Programs Division of TDCJ, and they are available on many of the units, and I know that they utilize the Second Chance Pell funding in some cases, and then they have some state funding associated, but I would have to defer to TDCJ to speak to the college courses. I can tell you that they are available and that we work closely with the colleges in terms of articulating our students into college programs. So for example, if they complete a Wyndham program and then they'd like to go on to college, we work with the colleges to get them credit for what they've done with Wyndham. Gotcha. Gotcha. So any, now let me ask you this, anything that they do in Wyndham uh, at one unit, that stays in a in their main file, right, and travels with them wherever they go. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yes. Notice something else, and we didn't talk about this when we were first talking about Wyndham, and then we 
talked about the college, there's no cost for these Wyndham courses. And that's something we get a lot of questions about. So, you know, to go into a, a, G, a literacy class, a GED class, one of our uh, career and technical classes, one of our cognitive or changes classes, there's no, no cost or fees associated to our students or residents for that. For those, for those particular classes or for any Wyndham? For, for any of our Wyndham classes, there's no fees associated with that. Even the technical? Correct. Okay, so when they get out, because we have guys that get out that say they took some sort of class or school in here, and they say that they owe for school. So what, what, what are those classes that they, they have to pay back? Those would be the college, the college classes ones? that they took, okay. yeah, because they, right. they do have to pay for those. Like Christina said, they get, they get Pell Grants or different kind of grants. Their family can pay for it. There's different options there. But, so if they come out Owen, it's not for our courses. So, Travis, you've been here how long? 26-plus years. Okay, so give me, give me some, maybe one or two, right off the top of your head, success stories, impact stories that you know of people that have mm-hmm. done stuff here in Wyndham and it's affected them on the outside. Oh, I could tell you a lot. Um, I'm sure you could. Without going into any specifics, but, you know, we get calls regularly through my office or the superintendent's office, people saying, or, you know, correspondence, email. We got an email, I think, this week from one, uh, just saying, you know, hey, thank you all so much. You helped me so much. Um, just a personal one that happened last week. My daughter's getting ready to move. Called a mover in Houston. Guy tells me up front, hey, I just want you to know, I've been out of TDCJ six years. He starts selling me, you know, trying to sell me. It's like, hey, I'm going to do a good job. I've got a wife and kid now. I want to do a good job. And I was like, dude, I work for Wyndham. It's like, I understand, you know, what you're going through. And he said, really? He said, I got my GD through Wyndham. Wow. Said, so, you know, it had been several years ago. But, you know, just those stories. And Christina and I were talking yesterday, I think. And, you know, you just run into so many that you don't even know. You run out, you know, when you're out. Uh, at the store, when you're out driving around, wherever you are at the restaurant, there's people in there that are, you know, former felons right. uh, that are out there. And so that's our job with Wyndham, with TDCJ, with, you know, working with ministries, uh, working with RPD and other groups that are out there. Our job is kind of all the same. It's to help people get skills to get out of prison, stay out of prison, get back in the community, get back with their family and be successful and productive. Yeah. So good. In regards to the technical and vocational training, uh, do you have a staff or, or anybody that checks in every year with the type of uh, qualifications, certifications, you know, that sometimes things may change, like code may change for a certain type of, uh, you know, whether it's welding, whether it's uh, HVAC or whatever. So I know I know I have a plumber, a personal mm-hmm. friend that's a plumber, and so every year he, he, he has to go to these classes or certification, recertification, because there's always some new stuff that they have to address in their field. So do y'all have a staff or do y'all have somebody that keeps up with that so that what you're teaching is is current? We do. So first of all, we meet regularly with the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation. We have a weekly call with my team to discuss licensing and standards. Um, We are constantly looking at the employment outlook in Texas as well to ensure that we are selecting fields for our students that align with the needs of the Texas businesses. Um, And certainly we are updating our curriculum regularly. The colleges and the Texas Education Agency, um, Higher Education Coordinating Board and Texas Education Agency have a list of standards that individuals completing programs need to satisfy. So we're constantly looking at those as well. So, and that's part of that, making sure that we have meaningful and relevant instruction provided. And and those are updated by the state every year, right? And then y'all, so y'all are in constant contact with them. So y'all know, well, that's good. Um, 
So you've been here not very long. Um, what are what is an impact story that you've already seen? Uh, whether whether it's a, an inmate getting out or or maybe just something good that's happened within the district, some changes you've made or whatever. Sure. So I mean, I will tell you that today at lunch, uh, my coworker and I encountered a restaurant manager in the local community that's a former Wyndham student. Wow. And I mean, I think that these success stories that we talked about really are for us in many cases the norm. So yeah, yeah. someone may have a past, may have made some choices in the past, but so many people have moved forward from it. I've been at conferences where a college professor stands up and says, "I was incarcerated for ten years, and look at what I'm doing now." And you would never know. Yeah. So so it's just really meaningful to be a part of that success and yeah. feel that, you know, maybe we assisted with that. So other states and even county jails are getting a little more technologically advanced use of iPads and tablets and stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there anything in the future for TDCJ and Wyndham School District that's going to allow for, you know, that type of use, even not maybe not personal use where you rent mm -hmm. a tablet and Whatever, but maybe in the school district where you, they're, they're using tablets and know how to use those when they get out. Sure. And my disclaimer is always that I cannot speak on behalf of TDCJ, but we have had really positive conversations about exploring technology. I know that they have a technology team that's looking at options. Um, I know that we have all looked at other states that have successfully implemented technology. So we realize that the world is that right, way right. and that we need to move that way. And uh, certainly there seems to be a great deal of support for that. Yeah. So, so just conversations right now, uh, nothing, nothing like set in stone, like by year or whatever, we're going to have this as a, as a class or whatever. Right. So, so we're going to hold, conversations. Why you can interview us again in about six months and we'll have that conversation. Six months. All right. So we'll have part two. <laughs> That's right. Wyndham school district. That is awesome. So Travis, tell me something about Wyndham school district that not everybody knows that they should know. You've been here 20 26 plus years. Yeah. yeah. Well, the main question I get, we're driving around the state in a car that says Wyndham School District on the side is, where's Wyndham? Where's Wyndham, <laughs> Texas? Where's Wyndham School District? Because we know the hotels. Yeah. So we we're, know the Wyndham hotels. Yeah. We don't know the Wyndham School District. So we're all over. So we're operating, you know, in the state prisons all over the state of Texas, from Dalhart to El Paso, Texarkana, the Valley, Beaumont, in all points in between. So, so we have people everywhere, uh, all over the state. And so we get to uh, get to deal with a lot of people, uh, you know, that call or former residents that call, their families that call, you know, asking questions. So, uh, you know, we get that question a lot, you know, what is Wyndham? And going back to your other question, you know, some of the things that have changed, it's kind of what you asked me about my answer. Um, some of the things that have changed, you know, one of the things I think has changed a lot since I've been here is we've gotten more, I think, progressive with like personal skills, you know, okay. okay. So, so we've teach you to be a welder. Okay. Well, can you go get a job? Right. You know, do you know how to know how to play well with others in the workplace right uh, do you know how to interview do you know how to fill out a resume you know some of those soft skills yeah. that you don't necessarily don't necessarily get in that career and technical setting but we we've done i think done a good job lately to make sure through integrating it with our all of our career and technical classes as well as uh, one thing i work with a lot is in our break school we so we offer some little short-term classes over summer break christmas break spring break on career planning financial literacy uh, workplace skills, um, family health and wellness, you know, just some little short things that help them even more when yeah. they get out to be able to, to function. Because as you know, people that have been here for a while, things have changed a lot, even yeah. just in a few years, yeah. once they walk out the door. Oh, yeah. And so just trying to do things that, that help them be successful when they get out. You know, we can give them a GED, we can give them some vocational training, but 
the same time, they have to have some other skills too. And I think that's a that's been a big thing in the last several years that I think we've really worked hard at. That I think helps us be successful because when they get out, they can go get a job. They can right. uh, they can reintegrate with their family. We also teach a parenting class so they can they can get back with their children with their uh, you know with their family and, and be part of that community again. Tell us more about the parenting class. What all do y'all what what would what would I learn if I took that parenting class? How to be a good parent. Um, what does that mean? So that's that's you know I'm I mean, still trying to figure that out. Mine are <laughs> 25 and 21, but you know because a lot of a lot. I mean, when I come preach in prison, I, I ask people to raise their hand. How many are dads? Oh yeah, almost and all of them. I've been there with you. Almost dads, all of them. Yeah. You know, and so you know, I think that's important. Obviously, if they knew some other skills like how to make right decisions, they wouldn't be here to begin with. Uh, and then some of them don't know how to parent from a distance, so they end up in divorce and losing mm-hmm. losing custody and all that. But so what, what do they learn? If well, they I think that's right? one of the main things we, we start with in there is how to parent at a distance. Um, like you said, you know, what can I do while I'm here right. incarcerated? Well, you can build those relationships and yeah. be part of their life. So when you do get out, you know, you've still got that relationship. You know, you have to learn to co-parent because uh, right. somebody has the kids. Uh, so you have to learn to co-parent or, or you know, be a part of that. Uh, and just working through those things, uh, we learn a big part of what we teach is uh, the difference between discipline and punishment. Right. Uh, you know, what's the difference there? So some of those things that that they may not have known, they may have never had modeled for them. And so give them some skills and tools that they can use uh, when they get out. So good. So good. Does Wyndham have any, I know there's probably some volunteer programs that come in from the free world that, that teach leadership classes and stuff like that. But does Wyndham have anything that they offer, a class or whatever? Uh, or is it just something you try to embed into every every other class that you teach? Leadership skills, you know? I mean, because most, most everyone that ends up in prison didn't know how to lead themselves first, and, and they made bad decisions. What I'm learning is, on the outside, is we teach these guys leadership skills. They, they tend to lead themselves better, and then they tend to lead others better, their family or whoever. Uh, but are, are there any Wyndham School classes that, that are leadership-based? Yeah, and I'll let Travis add to this as well, but we are really focusing on embedding leadership skills into all of our programs to make sure that we reach all of our students. Part of that is ensuring that we reach out to our community and get guest speakers in, get different perspectives, particularly people who are formerly incarcerated, to come back in and share their successes and their recommendations with our current student population. That helps so much. That helps so much. It sounds like an invitation. Uh, I, I accept. I accept. <laughs> so, Christina, okay, November or September 2019? Yes, fall. in this position. What have you changed so far that just you got here and you got, man, we got to change this. <laughs> we got to change. This has got to change. What is something that, you know, and it's not, not that you're knocking the way they used to do it or whatever, but what is something you said, okay, we need to go a different direction with this? Anything? I'm sure that there is. Um, I, let me preface this by saying I've just gotten off about 10 conference calls back to back, so my brain is uh, somewhat challenged today. That might be a better question for Travis from the outside looking in. Well, I know Travis already kind know. of uh, <laughs> said that you were, you've already kind of addressed some things uh, that you, you know, made some changes. So that's good. So, well, so. I think just pushing forward and I know you're going to ask in a minute about what we've done with, you know, during this time with COVID, um, that's been a big thing. I think that from the outside looking in that we had this conversation 
earlier this week or last week yeah, I would about say, that. I guess if I had to pick something, um, the emphasis on, again, the employment placements and also our younger students. So our students yeah. who receive special education services and Title I services. So those are supplemental services, a specific funding source for students under the age of 21. Okay. And ensuring that we're not just giving them potentially extra class time, like you have to go sit in an extra class right. and get more of the same academic instruction, but that we're providing additional support. So um, art therapy, behavioral therapy, wow. music therapy, which is something that Travis has been involved in, uh, ensuring that we understand that st younger students are engaged by technology. So what kind of technology can we use to uh, get the attention of people who are used to having a cell phone in their hand? Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking at our career tech ed courses and the computer course is a great example. And right. okay, are we teaching things that are basic skills now? Um, I shouldn't have a career in technical education course that covers PowerPoint, Excel, Word. Those are expectations in our community now. They can be a component of that course, but we need to do something higher level yeah. that is going to lead to employment outlook. You know, the when I learned typing uh, in the computer class that I signed up for, I didn't even know typing was going to be taught. I just signed up for it because I, I wanted to learn Word, Excel, and Publisher, and uh, is there another PowerPoint? I wanted to learn those. So I thought, you know what, I'll take those classes. Well, they didn't even get to any of that until after we they taught us typing. And I appreciated the fact that she said, if, you, if I teach you these, but don't teach you how to type, I'm doing you a disservice. And so I thought that was really neat. And then there were some games in there too, just to kind of get our keyboard you know, fingers going. But I thought that was really neat. Now I, I got through the typing part and only had about a month of the Microsoft Word. I think I learned Excel a little bit, know how to write some formulas. Publisher was the one I didn't get to because I mm -hmm. made parole. And it was almost like, oh, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have learned Publisher. Not that I would have stayed in any extra time to learn that uh, voluntarily. <laughs> but, but I appreciated the fact that she taught me how to type before we learned those other programs. Because that did, that did help. That did help. It, it, like I said, we do a monthly newsletter, writing a book. And I needed to know how to type before I learned those other things. And I think you're doing better than I am. But to your point, every program that we offer should have that typing skills yeah. component. So rather than a standalone course now, when we talk about progress, anyone that's in an academic program, typing needs to be part of that program. Yeah. So is there anything else that, that you think people listening um, in our crowd, our crowd, our listeners are going to be so so broad-based, but we're going to have families. We're going to have, you know, people listening that are going to want to know everything they can find out about Wyndham School District. So is there something else that I haven't asked that, you know, I know I asked Travis, but before we, before you answer that, how have y'all adapted to the coronavirus stuff? I mean, I know at some point you just shut down everything, right? Just stop classes? For one day, really. Really? Right. Okay. So we've been on a distance learning model, and I'm really impressed with how our team has stepped up and immediately uh, our IT section made sure everyone had the technology needed okay. to go right into distance learning. So I think that we were out about a day. It happened during spring break. And then immediately our staff, um, I'll give you just one example. Yeah. So our computers, our principals have laptops now that will connect directly to the copy machine on the facility so the correctional officer can pick up lessons that All the right. teachers develop, send to the principal, send right to the copy machine, 
get to the students. Nice. So that was one of the ways what, that we provided distance learning. And we said, hey, we know that we love our library books and we love tracking our library books, but put them on a cart and get them out to the dorms. We okay. need people reading. We want them engaged. And we want to make sure that they have something to do during yeah. this downtime. Yeah, oh, that's so good. That's so so good. it's uh, we, we've gotten pretty good at it, but I know that our educators, where they're able, are very happy to be back in the classroom with students yeah. now and smaller. Now, is Winter School District involved in any of the um, FI programs? Yes. yes. Which uh, programs are a part of? Wyndham teaches the changes class, which will satisfy the FI 3R vote. Okay. And that's one of the calls we've gotten a lot during this time with COVID um, because they have to complete the class in order to be eligible to go home on parole. And normally that would be done at another unit. Well, Most, a lot of times, right? We have changes on on pretty much every unit. Okay. So, so right. we really don't have to transfer much for that. Okay. So it's pretty much on every unit. Program that has uh, about 180 hours worth of class time and all these lessons. So it could go longer. It could go a little bit longer depending on the speed of the class. Uh, but we, uh, we're able, like Christina said, we're able to just keep that going during this time. So right. hopefully we didn't slow down any. Uh, you know, it's a little different anytime you start anything new. But... We, we were able to keep that going and keep people in those classes, complete those people. Uh, w- once we put that completion in the computer, parole gets notified, and then, you know, it goes back to parole to, to work through the so release process. So what do process. you say to uh, the families out there that have been trying to petition Governor, Governor Abbott to sign an executive order that these people that have made the FI3s and the FI6s that can't go home, they've already been approved and been, you know, not a danger to society anymore, but are waiting on these FI3s to, to finish, but they say it's better to release them, you know, because of the coronavirus. What, what, do, you, what, what do you, I mean, I know uh, Brian Collier and I think somebody else uh, was defending these programs. You know, these, these are very vital before they get out to, to learn this stuff instead of taking them on the, on the back end, at, at, you know, outside on parole. Yeah. So... So I think that there was originally a misconception that we were basically just throwing packets at the students and that there was no feedback provided whatsoever. So I would see where people would say that that's not uh, really a good practice and not so relevant. But I do want to share with the listeners that those packets came along with teacher feedback. There was correspondence back and forth from the students. It was the very first program that we said, make sure that this gets done for these votes. Let's not delay these students. So, And I think that there is value in ensuring that those communication skills are gained prior to reentering our communities. We want our students to be prepared to be successful upon right. release. Right. And I would say that from a Wyndham standpoint, um, we have been pushing our educators to ensure that they get those mm-hmm. packets out, the feedback, the conversations in a timely manner, because we do not want to be the reason why individuals are held longer than necessary in incarceration. But we also don't want to drop the ball and release someone prematurely that doesn't have the skills necessary to reintegrate successfully. Right, right. Okay, so if someone just recently got a FI3, uh, which they did, is the time, is it taking longer? Because I don't know if y'all are still doing classes, like if you're shortening the uh, the cl- number of classes, I mean, uh, class uh, attendees. So like if a class holds 30, Right now, are y'all filling them up with 30 or y'all filling them up with social distancing? We're filling them up. We're filling up the roster with 30 individuals, and we are on a hybrid model. So 10 will come to class at a time, and then they will still receive the same number of hours in the week that they would have if they were full-time in the seat because we provide supplemental work in their distance learning for them to complete in their dorm area. While they're waiting to come back to class. Right, right. So you will satisfy the hours. There will not be a delay 
in the time that it takes for you to complete the course. How do those courses start and end? Is it like just one, we, we, we don't start another class until this one's over, or do y'all have multiple sites on a, on a unit where you can do two or three classes at a time, or is it just, the, if I get an FI3 now, but they're in the middle of an FI3 class already, then I gotta wait the, the rest of the month and a half before my class even starts? That's a great question. It is open entry, open exit. So that means that if you get your FI3 vote, you can come in with the current cohort, okay? You can pick up where they are because the courses are designed or the modules are designed gotcha. that you don't have to start with number one and complete with number eight. You can start with number three and then gotcha. come back through number that's one. A, that's a great answer. I'm glad you said that. Well, cool. Well, are there any other, that is changes the only one that's Wyndham related to parole? Changes we, is the only one that, that our program satisfies the vote for. Yes. Okay. We do have the ISF program at the red unit where they're right. coming in as they are parolees, um, clients that right. come in and complete the cognitive intervention course with us and then rejoin the communities as well. What is different with changes now than it was 14 years ago when I had to take it to, to get out? Anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. going to defer to Travis on that, but <laughs> I want to share something really exciting with you that we are about to um, – Retire Omar and Pete. So really, I, I know right. that, that there has been a need, and part of this, uh, the COVID protocols, and having some time to interact with individuals that would yeah. normally be in classrooms, get feedback from teachers. We had a meeting with the Texas Film Commission last week about updating all of our videos in our nice. life skills program. Nice. So I will say that that is an upcoming change yes. in changes. Thank you. So to answer your question about what's the difference from 14 years ago, well, we. We continually look at that and update the curriculum. Yeah. Um, we've updated some of the videos in 14 years. We probably need to keep updating them some more, like Ms. Hartman said. But we've definitely, uh, you know, like we do with all of our programs, we go through and look at it. And, you know, terminology changes, definitely the technology changes. Right. Uh, you know, because, you know, 14 years ago, you didn't have an iPhone. No. Uh, so, you know, people getting out now, you know, you can do everything on your phone. You can yeah. check your email, check the weather, make a phone call, text, whatever order food texting whatever. came out here in the states while i was in prison 2003 4 yeah while i was, in, while I was in prison so so becoming. you know we, we try to keep it relevant and you know it's 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 a chore sometimes to to keep it relevant because yeah. we're teaching it to so many people and you know so once we put a new one out i think we start looking looking okay now what do we do we get the new one out hey this isn't you know, this isn't quite as relevant as much, so we right. need to update some things. I think, I think we do that with all of our programs. And we did, I just want to add quickly, yeah, if you yeah. don't mind, that we did something that I think is really impactful and that we surveyed our students. You know, we should oh, ask our so consumer good. So good. what they recommend. And they came back with some really great recommendations. We've also worked with Texas Tech University through a contract yeah, okay. to review our curriculum and provide updates wow. as well. So that's awesome. That's I think really that's been good. helpful. So just uh, just a suggestion, you know, because we get a lot of guys that have been locked up 25, 30 years come to our transitional house. Some of them, when we take them to Chick-fil-A and go into the restroom, they're lost. They're like, hey, Jadian, how do you turn the water on? Just stick your hands out of there. That never so, works for me. So I'm wondering if maybe in the restrooms of some of the school districts, uh, you could put automatic, uh, you know, automatic faucets and, and, and towel dispensers so they can get used to that. And, and yes, have one, have two faucets, one that works and one that doesn't work when you put your hands up. For me, yeah. Because they, they need to know how to be, they need to know that frustration too, you know, because you're going from, you're going from faucet to faucet sometimes trying to, trying to make them work. There's a lot of things though that we take for granted I that, know. you know, like I said, the technology just changes so fast. And luckily I have young kids that, or younger kids that 
keep me kind of up to date on it, but it changes. So these so guys, they, they, they truly get overwhelmed with the smartphones. And uh, so we, we've been trying to personally show them and help them navigate. Sometimes their family, if they have family involved, they're, they're really good at that. But is that, is that ever in the future, a smartphone? There has been some conversation about that with uh, maybe the not even having them in the classroom, but right. just but just teaching simulating them. You know, it. The, mm-hmm. that's yeah. cool. There's definitely been conversation about simulating as much as we can in a safe manner. So, and we will note your um, suggestions there because not only would that be good for people who are coming back out, but also the people that we're training in our CTE courses to fix this equipment. So, yeah, learning how to fix absolutely. that type of faucet. Absolutely, because so. pretty soon, I mean, I mean, it, they're they're everywhere now. You know, and when I first got out, they were a little place, a few places, but now they're everywhere, automatic everything. And those things do break. You know, as a plumber, if you don't know how to fix a automatic faucet, it's uh, it's not good. So, well, guys, I, anything else? Yeah, go ahead, Travis. One of the, one of the questions we, I know we get a lot for your listeners is about the placement of students in our courses. Uh, so let me address that. Um, yeah. So TDCJ has what they call the Individualized Treatment Plan. It was set up by law back in 1994. And that drives the placement in all programs in TDCJ and Wyndham. Right. So uh, when we think about when we were talking about the FI3R, so, you know, we have, we have a certain number of seats in changes classes and cognitive and our CTE classes and academic classes, and we prioritize that based on certain placements. So that may include their age for literacy. Uh, Ms. Hartman was talking about we prioritize those that are under 22. So there's special programs that are still school age um, for our career and technical classes, we want to look at, you know, somebody that's probably getting out sooner, especially if it's some got some technology involved, because right. no need to train somebody in 10 years, they get out 10 years, and the technology is completely changed. Right. Uh, our changes classes for people that are getting ready to go home, like the FI3Rs. So if somebody's getting ready to go home and or they have a parole vote for October, we need to be getting them in before somebody's got one for December. So we prioritize them and try to get them in, you know, so we get them out on time. But we prioritize them. But we get that question a lot. Well, where are they at on the where are they at on the list? Well, we don't really know because today they may be number seven. Three more people come in ahead right. of them tomorrow. They're number ten. Right. So that list is fluid. But we do place them based on that priority. Gotcha. Now, do they? When I was in prison, they didn't. Fi Fi three Rs were not uh, changes. was wasn't necessarily a part of that. But you had to complete changes before. So they were just putting like they put me in changes. Uh, I think my second year in, and I ended up doing three, almost three years, but they put me in changes my second year in, right, uh, as I was coming up for review, you know, thinking that if I did make parole or they did give me my short way, then I would already have that done. But now they actually make it a part of the FI, the FI, right? It is is part of the FI3R, but it also is, uh, it is for other people that are going home, whether you're going home on a parole vote, going home on mandatory, discharging. So you still uh, try to put people in that class no matter what, even we, if we it's still not wanna, part of the fi Yeah, we still want to put people in there. Of course, we prioritize the FI3Rs because those gotcha. are ones that are contingent upon a finishing yeah, the class, yeah. sticking it out. But we definitely think it's valuable for everybody to have that because with the changes class, our priority is people that are within two years of going right. home. So we want to prioritize those people because we're giving them skills in there. They're going to be useful when they walk out the door. Do y'all have any kind of graduation celebrations that y'all do at the end of each year? Oh, yes. They're wonderful. Are they? What do y'all do? Uh, 
We do, and we do them on a quarterly basis, generally. Quarterly. Okay. Uh, we're looking now at how we can accomplish graduations with COVID protocols. Right, there have right. been some in schools. But so how uh, was caps it and gowns, caps, caps and gowns. Really? Okay. One of uh, my favorite photos on our Facebook page is of students throwing up their oh, caps yeah. uh, in That's celebration. Fun. So family members who are on the approved That's visitation list are able, able to, to attend. Um, there are guest speakers present. There's generally a special cake and some wow. beverages. So it's really, really one of the most impactful parts of our uh, year is when we do the graduation. That's so, so fun. And, That's we, you know, good. we do need to celebrate the success of our oh, students. Absolutely. They've accomplished so much, and we're so proud of them. That's awesome. They're so fun to attend and see see the joy you know, of the family members, the parents, the, yeah. the kids of some of our graduates, just to see that, you know, and just, you know, see somebody that got their GED or finished a vocational class, to see them holding that diploma and their kids just looking up at them, glowing at yeah, them, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and to yeah. see the pride of the, you know, that they've actually accomplished something. So uh, I know other volunteer programs have uh, programs that connect kids with their families. Is there any anything in Window School District that does that or is going to do it in the future, or do y'all just leave that for the volunteer programs? Yes, actually, we have a pilot planned for the future, uh, and of course, it'll be contingent upon visitation coming back up right. and running. But we're going to pilot it at a couple locations: a family literacy program, oh, so wow. parenting program, also assisting parents to understand what their children are doing in school, and then a specialized time for the parents to apply what they've learned in the parenting course. Wow. So we'll require them to also be enrolled in either an academic or a CTE yeah. program. Yeah. Um, we're also envisioning participation in parent-teacher conferences via oh, conference wow. call. So uh, we've That's spoken so with TDCJ about it, and they're supportive. And um, you know, we'll be planning to launch that family literacy pilot. We're very excited that about it. That is so awesome. That's much needed. And I, and I, people won't be able to see this, but I'm kind of tearing up a little bit because that is that that's going to be an awesome program. And I can't wait for that to just explode and go more than just a pilot and you take it all over the state. So, wow. What, what is, is there some way a family can uh, follow Wyndham School District? Do you have a social media page, Facebook or anything? We do, actually. We've really enhanced our social media presence over the last couple of months. We have a Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, and we have our website, wsdtx.org. Okay. And we also have employment opportunities posted on our website. So perhaps okay. some of the listeners, if yeah. you're interested in a career in uh, education and, uh, you know, assisting our student population. Do you hire people with backgrounds? There, <laughs> sure. Yeah, there's a certain time frame, yeah. and I cannot tell you exactly what that is now, but we've really been talking a lot about how we recruit individuals. We want yeah. diversity in our uh, employees, and we want people with different experiences in yeah. our please so uh, absolutely all right well we will in the show notes and we'll get all the links from y'all all the social media and then we'll put them in there that way when people listen to the podcast that all they got to do is go to the show notes on our website and they'll be able to see your twitter instagram your your website all that and if y'all want to send a couple of pictures of some former uh you know graduation ceremonies you know we'll put them on there well man this has been amazing you know i mean I always knew about Wyndham School District only because I was in prison. But now I feel like I really know about Wyndham School District. And uh, I'm excited about the programs you got coming up. I'm excited about the changes that you've you've come in and made and, you know, that Travis has uh, screwed up all these years. And No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Travis is uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> Travis is awesome. I mean, I got to know Travis through prison ministry. And, uh, and it's just, he's, he's an amazing guy. So thank you for all you do, all you've done, all you're going to do. And Christina, 
thank you for everything you're doing. Thank to, you for uh, having to us. To really to make to make our guys to make it not just about punitive, but to make it rehabilitative and restorative. Because the more people that are involved in in what you do in, inside of prison, the better they're going to be on the outside. So, uh, so thank y'all for working Absolutely. so hard. Thank you. Our Thanks, pleasure. Jenny. Okay, what a great interview. I had so much fun interviewing Christina and Travis, and they were just full of information and some great stories. You know, uh, Colin the Mover, and he he got his GED from Windham School District. That was so awesome. So real quick, I want to give an update. There's been a few significant updates within the Windham School District since this interview. Uh, Windham School District has hired three family literacy coordinators to pilot and run that program in their designated region. So that's great because we were talking about whether it's going to be at other other units or not. These coordinators have uh, got all the paperwork and forms filled out for the program production and have began recruiting students to enroll in their parenting classes. That is awesome. Other exciting updates uh, include that uh, the first day of Matthew Gaines High School program commenced on October 5th at the Ferguson unit. And Windham School District is developing a three-year technology upgrade plan for innovative measures within the classrooms. With this technology upgrade, Windham School District hopes to be able to provide the students more diverse means of education delivery and implementation. So we're excited. I'm really excited. They've come a long way in the 14 and a half years that I've been out. You know, in college, there, there are colleges and universities that offer classes, and those are the ones that have to be paid back when they get out. But Windham School District, like Travis said, uh, are free classes, and they have CTE, the Certified Trades, that they can take HVAC, uh, welding, different things that don't have to be paid back. So we're really excited about all those things. And, you know, it's, it's very important that education be taught in prison. If we just cage those people, like Carl Sherman said in episode 15, if we just take a dog that is messed up and put them in the cage inside a hot garage – that's pretty much what we do to these inmates in prison. And while Windham School District, the biggest problem I think they have is just accessibility. Not everybody has access to the college education, but same thing with Wyndham. They don't have access to it. They're on every unit, but they don't have the capacity to educate and, and have class for the whole unit. And I know not every inmate that's in prison wants to take school and wants to do school. Some see it as weak. But I know other countries have great education programs in prison, and they have a lot lower recidivism rate. And again, I don't think we'll see true reform in any capacity, volunteer programs, educational programs, until we take the profit element out of prison and again i know a lot of people have this stigma of private the private prisons there they make they make all this money but let me just tell you right now the state prisons are the largest for-profit prisons in our state they make more way more money than the private prisons do so if we take the profit element out we might see more education we might see more money spent on programs that actually rehabilitate these inmates. 
instead of just cage them and house them. Education is a key, no matter what. Whether you're out here, whether you're in there, education is one of our core values at Forgiven Felons. If you're not learning something new all the time, I tell the guys all the time, you're either growing or you're dying. You're doing one of those two things. There ain't no standing still. You stand still long enough, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to start dying. You know, you, you don't move your muscles and exercise them enough. They're going to start atrophying. And I feel like prison is so profitable. I think Brian Stevenson said it in his documentary or in the documentary, the 13th amendment. We'll never see true prison reform because there's so much money involved. And I think that's true from the judicial side to the prison side and even to parole. But I had fun on this interview. Listen, if you have a loved one in prison and they are trying to get into school, uh, I recommend it. If they don't have their high school diploma, they need to get that GED. You know, uh, they need to they need to enroll, enroll in welding. We know some guys that have come out that have taken welding in prison that have gone on and got welding jobs. Some have taken the HVAC certification to come out and work in, you know, our own, our own guy, Shannon. He's working in the HVAC field now. So if you have a loved one in prison, tell them to find out as much as they can about the Wyndham School District. If you want to know more about the Wyndham School District, go to their website. All their websites are listed, um, or their website is listed on our, uh, the notes on the show page. So if you go to forgivenfelons.org forward slash background check, you're going to see, you're going to see, um, the link to the website. You're going to see pictures. You're going to see some great pictures of the classrooms of the graduation. It's WSDTX.org. That's WSD as in district, TX.org. And you can find more about their program. But I'm thankful that the Family Literacy Program is starting because that is that's something where the families, the parents are, are getting involved with their kids and teaching them how to read. That is just, it's amazing. I really, I almost started crying when I heard about, heard about that program. So follow them on social media. They have all their social media links. Uh, Facebook is uh, WSDTX is their Twitter, Facebook, obviously Wyndham School District, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn is Wyndham School District as well. So thank you guys for tuning in. We got a great episode again next week so share spread the word and leave us a review if you can on apple rate us and if you have a loved one in prison who needs a transitional house please consider forgiving felons we're also opening the resource center we've got the plans being drawn up we're applying for grant and we're, we're going to do it if you want to be involved and help us out we need a building all right Go to the website, ForgivenFelons.org, future plans to see what that's all about. We can, we're going to be able to help so many more people. We can't wait for you to partner with us if you want to. All right? Uh, before we leave, I'm going to pray for Wyndham School District. Do you mind joining me in prayer? Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up Christina Hartman and Travis Henderson as they navigate uh, education of the lives of these men and women in the state of Texas in our prisons. Lord, we know... We know that an idle mind is not a rehabilitated mind. 
So, Father, we ask you to give Christina and Travis wisdom, direction, creativity. We ask all these programs they're trying to implement that you get funding for it, that you have open doors, you have uh, the, the, the laborers involved that, that they need. Father, we ask you to bless every inmate that has taken a course in Wyndham School District. We ask that you allow them to use that education to successfully reenter society. Father, we ask you to bless Wyndham School District and all the staff and all the volunteers, and as well as TDCJ. Thank you for 50 years of their programs, and we thank you for another 50 years. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.